HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and less expensive than takeout. So you can save money on dinner and put it towards holiday entertaining. Get 18 free meals plus free shipping with code MLM18 at hellofresh.com slash MLM18. The past couple weeks, you may have heard various YouTubers accusing the company established titles of being a scam. And for those of you who don't know, established titles is a company that claims to offer you a fun novelty product, all while preserving and protecting woodlands in Scotland. Want to give them a gift they will never forget? Make them a lord today. All you need is one square foot of land in Scotland. Go to establishedtitles.com to buy one square foot of land, then you can- How you do this is by buying a square foot of land and then as per Scottish custom, you can officially call yourself a lord or lady. That's the important word here, official. That's how established titles have presented themselves in the past and it's how they've been presented during sponsorships too. In theory, this is a really cool idea. I'm sure we've all got a few hard to shop for people or relatives with an inflated ego that would love some validation, right? The trouble is that when you do a bit of digging on established titles, there are a few things that don't quite add up. First and foremost, the company is actually based out of China and not Scotland. So what gives them any authority to grant titles? Secondly, how legally binding are these titles exactly? What's the loophole that actually makes this official? And of course, are they actually keeping their promises about preserving wildlife? How do we know for sure? Well, the short answer is that it's messy and complicated. In my opinion, yeah, established titles is questionable, but is it a scam? I'm not so sure. I don't wanna take anyone's word for it. So I decided to do some digging myself to see what established titles is really about. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays. I'm the Illuminati and today we're going to be talking about established titles. Now, full disclosure here, I have never been sponsored by established titles, but they did reach out to me about a year ago. When I asked the ad agency that reached out to me if I were ever to visit Scotland, if I'd be able to physically go see the land that I purchased, I was just kind of not really given an answer. So I was unsatisfied and I declined the sponsorship. That's the full extent of my experience with them, but I'd rather disclose any contact with them whatsoever up front. With that being said, I'm going to try and get rid of any form of bias going into this, regardless of what I've heard lately. So let's get into the biggest accusation that established titles is currently facing, the land ownership. To validate or disprove their claims, let's take a look at the Scottish tradition of landowners and titles. This legend grows. It will be worse than before rallies new volunteers in every Scottish And when he replenishes his numbers. The sheep, mere sheep. What's important to recognize is that these claims are not new. Many of us may be hearing about this for the first time because of established titles, but there are plenty of other companies like them out there. To name a few, you've got Highland Titles, Laird Title, and Scotland Title. Every single one of them makes pretty much the same pitch to give you a fancy new prefix to your name. However, whereas the sponsorships I've seen don't really walk you through how the titling process works, some of these companies do. Take a look at Scotland Title, for example. In a two minute video, terrifyingly animated on their website, but that's just my opinion, this is how they break it down. Landowners in Scotland are given the title Laird, which today is Lord or Lady. When someone would obtain a piece of land, they became a landowner. Back in those days, a landowner was given the title Laird. And now, as many beautiful years have passed by, the modern English word for land. Scotland Title says that when you use their services, they buy a plot of land on your behalf in the Natural Reserve in Glencoe in Scotland. 
In return, you become the Lord or lady of that little parcel of land. They're buying land on a natural reserve. So you're supporting a unique nature conservation project. Of 750 football pitches. And we bought the land in a very special place, a natural reserve. It's a protected natural park. Business Insider says that Highland Titles established in 2006 works the exact same way. Yet their article makes the careful distinction that you are not buying a title. They claim you're buying the right to use the title of Laird, Lord, or Lady of Glencoe because Highland Titles has trademarked it. It's a bit more complicated than just, you're a landowner, so you're a Lord now. But you know, that's the basics. I guess the closest thing I could relate this to is being a tenant. You might tell someone, this is my apartment when you bring them over, but it isn't really yours. You've just been given the right to say this is mine because you gave the actual owner the money to do so. And this is not leasing, so by no means is this a perfect example, but I hope that maybe kind of makes a little bit of sense. But is this a legitimate form of ownership? I wanna try to answer my own question here. If I try to go to Scotland and visit this land, would I be able to? A Scottish law firm named Miller Samuel Hill Brown wrote an article about this back in 2015. And unfortunately, it doesn't actually get less complicated from here. They explained that the buyers of these tiny plots known as souvenir plots aren't necessarily registered owners of Scottish land. At least not in the way they think. Here's the quote. Scots land law itself, section 42B of the Land Registration Scotland Act 1979 stated that an application for registration must be rejected by the keeper where it relates to land, which is a souvenir plot. That is a piece of land, which being of inconsiderable size or no practical utility is unlikely to be wanted in isolation, except for the sake of mere ownership or for sentimental reasons or commemorative purposes. As the law firm interprets, even if you have all the deeds in place, a plot this tiny will have no real benefit to you. It may offer commemorative purposes or sentimental value, but that's it. You're not considered a registered landowner. Even when the act was updated and replaced in 2012, this prohibition on the registration of souvenir plots remained. But are there other ways you can interpret this law? What is this custom or loophole in Scottish law that we've heard so much about? Their article addresses this too and claims that Highland titles and these preservations seem to believe that owning a small plot isn't a barrier to personal right of ownership. No, you would have no real right of ownership that could be registered at the Land Registration of Scotland, but you would have a personal right of ownership. Therefore saying you own a plot of land, if we really get down to the nitty gritty of it, isn't a downright lie. But is this language misleading? Well, the Advertising Standards Authority sure seems to think so. They actually went after Highland titles all the way back in 2014, calling into question the way that they'd market their products. HT was so focused on saying, you can call yourself a Lord or Lady that they didn't properly disclose what this ownership really entails. Miller Samuel Hill Brown explains that for those who just want a fancy certificate or memento, this gift isn't necessarily a bad one. And those that are quick to criticize souvenir plot sellers should recognize customers probably don't take it too seriously. However, it's when the advertising starts speaking about official titles and when the intention is some real right of ownership that things get murky. But what about established titles? Have they disclosed any of this? I think uh, we are very clear on the website. We've always been very clear on the website that this is a novelty item. Um, and I think that the language really hasn't changed since day one. Uh, and I was very, very clear about that. There are criticisms that we're not planting the trees ourselves. I... 
If you head over to the Established Titles website and click on their about page, the very first sentence says that they're a fun gift meant for a good laugh and not to be taken too seriously. They also say this in their response email to creators and management, adding that they have been absolutely transparent about this from day one. So that's great. They're honest about their product then. Well, the trouble is this first about us paragraph didn't exist a couple weeks ago. Scott Schaefer, who really brought this whole situation into the spotlight recently, said this in a recent video posted November 29th, proving via the Wayback Machine that established titles had changed their website ever since being embroiled in the scandal. Before his video dropped, established titles never said their product wasn't to be taken seriously on the about page. And in my opinion, they heavily implied that it was meant to be taken seriously, claiming that you could visit your plot anytime and writing that, most jurisdictions will allow you to update your title in their FAQ section. While the whole business model does seem a bit shady, this is where I personally have a massive issue with established titles, the lack of transparency and accountability in the whole ownership process. Though a lot of YouTubers have now deleted their sponsorship segments, Scott Schaefer and Internet Anarchist, and I'm sure others that have criticized established titles too, have compiled some of these segments into their videos. In just about every single ad, one of the main selling points is that you can become an official Lord or Lady. You were legally referred to as a Lord or Lady. So this, I bought square for the land where they're gonna plow trees. <laughs> so you are legally referred to as a Lord of Land. Chances are you'll hear those claims tossed around in these segments far more often than you'll hear novelty gift just meant for a laugh. Plus again, since that not meant to be taken seriously wording didn't exist on the established titles about us page a few weeks ago, it's impossible for me to assume that their intention was to be just a fun novelty company and nothing more. Now, I wanna be clear here that we are getting into the intention of things and that can be difficult water to navigate. I don't know if established titles was purposefully lying to their potential customers by failing to emphasize the nature of the certificate and I don't really wanna speculate on it. I admit that it certainly does not look good, but I think that downright stating that they're a complete and total scam is too far, at least until we know more. The situation is still currently unfolding as we speak and there's more pieces to this puzzle being put together. One thing I will say is that I personally feel they were a bit negligent in their advertising, not just because of the whole official language, but because this business model has been a problem for years and established titles, instead of making an effort to be careful and transparent, has arguably made things worse. For example, back in 2016, Scottish authorities, such as the Court of the Lord Lion, explained to tourists that you have to make Scotland your permanent home to be granted any kind of official title. A souvenir plot doesn't mean you're a legal owner of land there. Basically, treat it as a fancy piece of paper and nothing more. Even years before that, in 2014, the Scotsman published an article when the Advertising Standards Authority got involved in Highland Titles Company, which had already been in existence the better part of a decade before this controversy. Their article stated in part, and I quote, statements on Highland Titles website included, buy a plot of land in Scotland and become a laird. And so the easiest way to become a lord or lady is to buy a large estate or at least a square foot from Highland Titles and become a laird. However, the ASA found these claims to be exaggerated and misleading and told them to make clear to buyers that they would not be joining the nobility. Highland Titles denied that their website implied that they could confer an official title such as lord or lady. The company said they offered a fun novelty gift and they considered that their customers made the purchase in that spirit. And that just sounds a little bit familiar, the wording there at the end. In fact, it's almost the exact same scandal we're seeing today, just a different company and YouTubers promoting it. 
actually, established titles sells a title that can officially make you a lord or a lady. On top of this, since you're officially a lord or a lady, you have dedicated land in But Scotland. then why is the one with established titles getting so much more attention? Like Highland titles actually had some form of action against them. Shouldn't we care about that more? In my opinion, it's because of the YouTube sponsors. So many large content creators have been sponsored by them, so it makes a unique and fairly large audience keenly aware of them. Even so, and to my knowledge, no one talking about this is an expert in advertising. Everyone I've seen tackling this issue is well, like me, a YouTuber. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that because there isn't. Um, I know many of us that especially do video essay content like what I do spend hours, days, weeks preparing content. So I know we work our absolute butts off to research and prepare content. But the ASA is an authority on advertising and that's what I'm kind of trying to get at. It's literally in their name. So while I'm not going to say that these kinds of agencies are infallible, if something falls into a gray area or it's hard to say they're wrong, then yeah, I'm gonna take a look at what an authority says. And what they said about Highland titles was that language was misleading. YouTubers can defend or defame established titles up and down and sideways, but at the end of the day, it comes down to this. Advertising that you will have an official layered Lord or Lady title by purchasing a souvenir plot of land was criticized for being misleading almost a decade ago. And I don't think that's changed. So we've established that the whole official land ownership claim is at best really questionable and allegedly built on a very, 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 very loose interpretation of a Scottish land act. So that's not a super great look. However, while this is definitely the most important piece to the claim that established titles is a scam, it's by no means the only one. There are two left to tackle. Their promise to preserve nature and who established titles is in the first place. So let's start with the preservation before we dig a little deeper. Now, established titles does not plant any trees, despite what their YouTube sponsors tell you. The only thing established titles does is donate money to an actual tree planting company called One Tree Planted. On top of that, they have never provided any evidence that they are actually donating money to back up their claims. So basically you have to take the company's word that they are- In Scott's video, he says that established titles does not actually plant trees when you buy their products. Instead, they donate the money to One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future, but he adds that they haven't provided any evidence of doing this. Now, I sort of agree with him here, but not fully, and let me explain. So I have a merch shop, many of you guys know that, uh, and a portion of my profits are going towards charities such as the Trevor Project, which for this end of the year, I'm doing 50% of the profits are going there. Now, the Trevor Project offers crisis support to members of the LGBTQ community. If I told people that when advertising the merch shop that a portion of the proceeds will go towards helping the LGBTQ community, that wouldn't be inaccurate. That doesn't mean that I myself would be offering the help because I'm not equipped to do so. I don't have the hotlines, the resources, the staff, the outreach programs, or the expertise, but I'm funding someone that does. And frankly, I don't see an issue with that. Established Titles, as far as I can tell, is also doing that. In the ads that are still up, which are few and far between right now, creators say that when you buy one of their titles, they'll plant a tree somewhere in the world. And I mean, could someone interpret that as established titles themselves doing the tree planting? Sure, it could. But does this language mean that they aren't planting trees? I feel that that's a bit of a stretch. After all, even Scott points out in his episode that established titles has credited one tree planted and trees for the future on their website. And that's before Scott's video is released. You can see the logos on the Wayback Machine. So I don't think they're being disingenuous here. 
Just because established titles hasn't directly planted those trees doesn't mean that customers haven't helped the environment. Therefore, when Scott is saying you're only lining the pockets of these scammers when you purchase from established titles, I can't fully agree. After all, there is proof out there that money is going to those organizations and it doesn't take much digging to find it. On the Trees for the Future website, for example, established titles is listed as one of their sponsors and they're presented as having planted over 2 million trees on the trees.org page. And yes, this information was readily available months ago as I found the same page on the Trees for the Future site in June of this year using the Wayback Machine. Admittedly, no, I haven't seen the same finances released with the One Tree Planted group, but saying that they don't plant trees at all clearly is not the case. Another point of contention I have with Scott's claim is when he says because established titles already exist on a nature reservation that you're not actually helping nature when you support them. The land is already preserved, he insists. And to me, that's kind of the same thing as saying you shouldn't donate to an animal rescue because animals are already being rescued. Like yes, the land may be preserved, but more activism can still be done there. Nonprofit and charity conservations aren't uncommon and many ask for donations in order to protect and promote the wildlife in these areas. The Fauna Foundation, for example, says that they have a land management program that strives to increase local bird populations. And sure, the land and the birds already exist, but that doesn't mean donating to already preserved land isn't helpful. And I feel that implication could actually be quite harmful. And the same goes for national parks. Donations help sustain them, their programs, and other forms of historic preservation. Again, this is a pretty common practice. Why wouldn't you donate to a preservation that's doing a good job of keeping wildlife safe and thriving? Now, again, does this mean established titles is actually doing this? I have no idea. I would be far, far more inclined to agree with Scott if he said that established titles isn't transparent about what they're doing to preserve the land that they currently own. That I think is a reasonable argument. When you go to their website, they list where this land is located. They say that it's beautiful, talk about the ducks in the ponds nearby and the idyllic forests, but there's little to no information about what they do to preserve these locations. For a company that's supposedly all about nature, in fact, they won the best green business award in Scotland's Global Brands Magazine, they should have more about how they protect wildlife on their website. And as of now, all I've seen is their vow to keep it preserved, but I haven't seen anything about how they're doing this and specifically maintaining the land. Chances are that yes, your money will go to plant trees if you buy something from established titles, but how much of it? How is the land they own protected? And how many trees have they planted with OTP? Those questions remain unanswered as of writing this, but if established titles wants to have any hope of salvaging their reputation, I personally think they really need to start providing those answers and quickly. And before we continue on to the last talking point, which is about who owns established titles exactly, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsors. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three month plan, you'll get another three months for free. And if you need a new device for a limited time, you'll get six months of free service when you select a new device and plan with Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. I've been using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal or just over two years now of using Mint Mobile and this is the perfect time to switch. It's a great way to refresh and reset for the new year with a more affordable and just as amazing phone plan. 
And all plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months for free by going to mintmobile.com slash MLM. That's mintmobile.com slash MLM. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash MLM. This episode is also sponsored by Brilliant because Brilliant is the best way to learn math, science, and computer science interactively. Because let's be real, Math was not my favorite subject. It was probably not many of your favorite subject either. So we may be a little rusty on it, but it's still very useful to know in everyday life. Or hell, you may not even realize that you actually enjoy these subjects, but now you get to learn it on your terms on your own time. And that's what makes it interesting. And brilliance there for you every step of the way. Understanding STEM can help anyone level up. And I know for me that sometimes I get some numbers messed up and stuff like that. Some of that I understand is my dyslexia, which that's its own issue. But even for making better episodes, learning data science really gave me a leg up and it's helping me understand why numbers are the way they are essentially. More than ever, the world needs more of our brains to be used more often. And understanding the science behind issues is usually the first step in getting ready to solve them. Brilliant can help you learn specific skills and how to be a better thinker. So if you're ready to get started for free, visit brilliant.org MLM or click the link in the description. The first 200 of you will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. Again, visit brilliant.org MLM or click the link in the description box to get started. It's never too late to learn something new today. Much information as we can in, in the brief, and especially like the stuff that we have in our FAQs. You know, our FAQs are very clear about how this all works and, and our homepage. And I just kind of assume that people would like go on the website and, and, and kind of read for themselves, but um, you make a great point. I think what- Now, the last point I've seen thrown around is one that's not so much related to how established titles as a company runs, but who owns it and how they run their other businesses. According to the About Us page, Katerina Yip started the company after falling in love with the Scottish countryside when she studied law at the University of Durham. But as Scott discovered, when you look up Katerina, you'll also see that she's a co-founder and president at Fail Ventures, which has started quite a lot of companies, but only a few successful ones. And yeah, businesses come and go. That's not particularly surprising or upsetting to see. However, the ones that are successful aren't necessarily the most reputable. Interestingly enough, if you head over to the Fail Ventures website, you won't see their business listed anywhere like Scott did in his video. Of course, if you just rewind the clock a bit on the Wayback Machine, they're all there. All the fails and successes of companies they've launched. Over on the right, established titles sits among the companies like Deal Dash, GV, Galtron, Voicey, Kamikoto Knives, which they also tried to get me to sponsor them, I think, Historic Mail, and Sterling Pacific. DealDash is a penny auction site and they've faced lawsuits for selling phony name brand products and running perverse lotteries. A lot of this goes back to 2017 when Truth and Advertising called them out for using deceptive marketing to lure consumers into an illegal gambling site. Their advertisements misled consumers about their chance to win and much of the time, people would end up drastically overpaying for items, making it far from any kind of bargain or deal. Plus, not only does the winner pay for the item they win, but apparently even losers pay too. Imagine you spend some time tossing a few dollars or even a few hundred dollars to try and win a laptop. Someone else wins and they get it for a couple hundred dollars less than it may normally cost. Well, guess what? The company hasn't lost out on anything because you and the dozens of other consumers that may have bet on the item also paid for it. 
Instead, you'd get a buy it now option. And unless you choose that and effectively pay retail, you won't see that bid money again. And yeah, it feels a bit shady and misleading and not all that different from straight up gambling. And the same parent company that felt comfortable calling this a success also founded established titles. Seeing that would be enough for me to not wanna work with the company. And I absolutely understand and agree that this information should be out there. Personally, if I still seriously wanted to buy one of those Scottish titles, I'd probably go to a different company and try to find one that advertises in a more transparent way. As for the other companies, they tend to fall in the same boat. Kamikoto Knives has been accused of using deceptive marketing practices. While they consistently say their knives are Japanese and forged in Japan, But when Prudent Review asked them point blank where their knives were made, it turned out that only one of their sold out knives had been made in Japan. The rest were apparently made in China. Deceptive marketing seems to be a common thread among at least three of these successes. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that this does not reflect well on established titles. But there's one more thing I really wanna go over. Katerina Yip's interview response. Let's take a look. Paige Christie, a YouTuber who conducted an interview with Katarina Yip herself, said that it has always been the case that buying from established titles is like buying a novelty product. And this may be true, but it's the misrepresentation of the product and the word official that has people upset. And I think deservedly so. The language really hasn't changed since day one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was very, very clear about that. So what our customers do have- What especially bothered me is that Katarina, while speaking with Paige, agrees with her sentiment about it being a novelty and adds that quote, the language hasn't really changed. And I'm just gonna kind of call bullshit here. Yes, the language on your website has changed. We actually saw that using the Wayback Machine. Your company has an entirely new paragraph about how this is not a serious product. When in the reality is up until now, the language used has often centered around the official titles. I can't say I agree at all with the CEO on this one. If your language was clear and honest from the beginning, why alter it? Effectively, Katarina explains the personal right that customers have, the right that we talked about earlier. And this clarification is great, yes, but this was needed so much sooner. Paige says that it's on the actual paperwork you receive should you purchase their product. But here's my issue with Paige's reasoning. It means that after you buy the title and after you pay the $50 and after you potentially hear about how official your title is going to be in an ad read, you can then look at your document and see who is really bestowing the title on you. And when you look at the fancy print, you'll only see established titles the company has the right to give you the Lord or Lady prefix. And by then it's obviously too little too late because you've already spent the money. I think Paige would have had a stronger point if she could point to websites and advertisements that very clearly state how unofficial the title is. Instead, she keeps putting the title document on screen, which completely misses the point. The idea that the company has been misleading customers online. Now, Paige does pull up her sponsorship read where it even says that they want their creators to use the word officially. She agrees that the word officially should be changed as it adds a sense of significance that shouldn't be there. And under common errors to avoid, established titles tells anyone reading their ad to not use the word legally. Paige seems to see this as a win for the company, saying it's good that they warn their creators of this. But personally, it seems more like a red flag. This means that established titles knows that it's common that people will interpret this as legally or that customers are giving this word official an inflated sense of importance, as Paige put it. And yet they don't think to make this change until now. To some extent, I believe this common error section just shows that established titles recognizes their language was being misinterpreted, but they didn't seem to take proper steps to change that for the future. 
Even at the top, the phrasing, they plant a tree in Scotland is listed. So they know that customers may think they're the ones planting trees instead of donating to plant trees. One thing I also noticed is that in their little common error portion, they not only mention how creators should avoid using the word legally, but avoid talking about passport changes as well. Their code of errors states in black and white that passports in the US don't allow prefixes. And if this is true, then why show a passport with tickets in them using the prefix Lord on their homepage to advertise their product? Again, I think it's just another red flag for me. And it seems to imply that established titles themselves allegedly knows their advertising isn't telling the full truth here. My question then to Katarina would be, why didn't you start changing the language on your website if you saw that it was causing problems or that your creators were making these errors? Unfortunately, Katarina doesn't really answer this. Some of her arguments and pages do make sense. Scott implying that starting a business in Hong Kong is shady and feels a bit disingenuous when Katarina is from Hong Kong. We can't prove that she chose it because of supposed lax law, as Scott said. And for the record, I really admire that Paige took the time to talk to Katarina about this issue and try to seek clarification for these points. But what does that leave us with then? At the end of the day, is established titles a scam? Well, let's look at the definition. And the definition of a scam is a fraudulent or deceptive act or operation. And right now, I'm not actually sure, especially legally, that I can say they completely and utterly lied. Misled people, personally, in my opinion and mine alone, that I myself hold independent of the facts provided above, believe that they absolutely did. I don't regret turning down their offer for sponsorship, that's for sure. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you learned something new here today. I kind of hate when we don't really have a nice little conclusive like wrap up. And today is just one of those days, unfortunately. The situation is ongoing still, and there's more time for more stuff to essentially develop. Unfortunately though, this kind of leaves us right in the goop. We don't have any official answers. It's still very gray and very questionable. And unfortunately, I can't really make a definitive opinion here, but this is where I have to leave you all the same. So thank you so much for checking out today's episode. I do hope you at least learned something or enjoyed it or something, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.